and welcome to the very first episode of Getting Heated. It is very exciting. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm honestly, I've been looking forward to it for so long. I am Kirsten. And I am Mars. And uh, we are homeowners in the UK and we have a heat pump and we have solar panels and we started Renewable Heating Hub. We're going to be rolling up our sleeves and really getting involved in some of the kind of more controversial... I think controversial is a very good word. <laughs> Uh-oh. Strap in. Hold on. <laughs> it could be a bumpy ride, this podcast. But it's going to get people talking, which I think is going to be fun. And we just want to say out of the gate that we are all for sustainability and making homes greener and cleaner and more sustainable. But we want this to be a space where we can all share opinions and kind of respect everybody's opinions and just kind of hear everybody out and kind of really explore the different things. Because I think that that's when conversations start to get more interesting, when you actually can have lots of different ideas about around even ideas that you don't agree with and before we get stuck and a big thank you to today's sponsor heatable thank you heatable so we installed our heat pump nearly six years ago going on six and i have to say that the heat pump world does not have very good pr it's got a bit of an image problem hasn't it i mean yeah. it's had a lot of hate in the press yeah, I think the biggest problem is just the amount of negative media coverage that there has been. It's been relentless. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the dailies and the, on the websites. Yeah. Uh, even on Rip Off Britain just the other day, there was another story about a poorly installed heat pump. Yeah. So just the amount of negativity that's in the press yeah. is pretty much what's driving the bad PR for heat pumps. So it's actually been quite the contrast since we installed our heat pump six years ago. And when we were doing our research, I could barely find anything online yeah. with regards to heat pumps. I was really struggling to get any information. So we went into it quite blind. Yeah. Uh, so it's remarkable to see how you kind of fast forward six years and we're sitting in a situation now where, you know, there is stories on heat pumps almost daily mm -hmm. on websites on in newspapers wherever it is but they are predominantly quite negative and they hammer down on this on on the fact that some of these heat pumps are badly installed mm -hmm. uh, and they're just not performing the way that they should be yeah i think that when we installed our heat pump as you said there wasn't there was hardly any stories in the press about heat pumps i even remember that some of our family was pretty skeptical about what we were doing and mm -hmm. what we were choosing to do and um, because the articles or the press coverage was so few and far between, <laughs> my dad used to cut out the articles. That's right. The Sunday Times, and we get these random clippings arriving in the post. <laughs> with, with no attached note or letter with them. It was so just true. the clipping. It was only because we knew his handwriting that we knew it. Like mystery postage we were getting. And they, those articles were, I would say, a bit more kind of balanced. They were still very skeptical in the way that they were written. But there was a bit more like, oh, you know, the government's starting to push more towards heat pumps. Is this a good idea? That kind of thing. And I think a lot of those articles were actually kind of politically driven because it was at the height of the renewable heat incentive at the time. Right. Uh, so they were basically talking that does the government seriously have to be funding these kind of uh, projects? Mm. And I think the media are beginning to try and pick up uh, on the negative. I mean, let's be honest, negativity is something that sells newspapers sells, yeah. and you know that's what they kind of focus on yeah i think from my perspective looking at it i think it's kind of been a perfect storm i don't think that it was handled well by the government i no. think that they went into it all guns are blazing and i totally think and i totally agree that 
UK homes need to become more sustainable and we all need mm -hmm. to make an effort to become greener and cleaner. But I think that when the government came out with these really bold predictions, it wasn't, they hadn't really bought in or hadn't got the buy-in from the public. So homeowners hadn't really had a voice of saying, yes, we agree that that's, that sounds like a good idea. You've pitched it to us, you sold it to us. We think it's a great idea. Let's, you know, all meet these kind of targets. The government just kind of came in very heavy handed and said, this is what we're doing. You've never heard of this technology, but it's, you're going to have to install it. You're going to have to have it in your homes. And these are the numbers that we want. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was quite intimidating to a lot of people. And I think that unfortunately it alienates people very quickly when you kind of almost kind of gun it, go in like a bull in a china shop and you just say, that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I think especially in the UK, we are a country that really appreciates and you know values our democracy. Mm -hmm. And I think that not being able to express an opinion or have an opinion or kind of be part of the conversation and just be kind of told, this is what we're doing. You know, you get on board now or else. I just don't think that was the right approach. And then on top of everything else, I think that if they had just done the kind of their homework and built the foundations of a good industry. So for example, if they'd actually gone to the other countries who have got years, decades of experience in heat pumps and having successful heat pumps installed into their homes, like Sweden, like Finland. And I think if they'd gone to those countries and actually understood, okay, how, how many installers do we need? How do we train these installers? How quickly can we train these installers Real, in a realistic timeframe? Mm -hmm. Had the government and those spokespeople not known what a heat pump was, but were still predicting those kind of numbers, if they had been able to be in a position where they'd been able to redirect the press and the public to installers, who knew and who had been trained and who had, you know, were qualified and experts and had had that time to kind of adapt to that industry and that technology, at least there would have been somebody credible in the industry that people could mm -hmm. go and ask questions to. So we've got a government that's kind of like flailing around and panicking a bit and not really, I think that they've realized that it's a bit of a PR nightmare now. We've got installers who are desperately trying to catch up and they've just kind of almost been kind of thrown out to sea in very choppy waters. And then you've got <laughs> the actual dry factor of the actual homeowner not knowing anything really about heat pumps for, for many, many years. Mm -hmm. I think the only homeowners are now are starting to kind of slowly get them, wrap their minds around what it is. And they're the ones that are being hit with these really high bills. I mean, when we put it in, when we put our heat pump in, it was extremely expensive. You know, when we spoke to friends and family and they asked us how much we, we'd um, spent on mm. it, they were thinking, wow, that is a really big financial gamble. And even I felt like it was a big financial gamble. So a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Heatable. It's really awesome. Thank you guys for sponsoring our first ever episode of Getting Heated. They do solar and boilers, potentially some uh, exciting things down the road for them. Uh, so watch this space. But uh, I've got to say our solar is one of the best, most easiest things we've had installed in this house. I think honestly, for me, if we were to move house, putting solar in is an absolute no brainer for me. It's just, it's, it's like, you've just got to do it. If, you, yeah. if, you, if your house faces the right direction, or you have a part of your roof that faces the right direction, just go for it. It's simple, it's easy, it's quick to have it installed. And especially the way that Heatable do it, where you can actually go onto their website and actually get a quote in like a matter of minutes. Oh, seconds, yeah. Um, is amazing. I honestly can say that after we had solar installed, I had a completely different appreciation for the sun. 
Like it was, <laughs> it was really remarkable, like how my mentality shifted. As soon as the solar was installed, I woke up and I was like, oh my goodness, it's a sunny day. I'm going to put the laundry on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to put the tumble dryer on. I need to get the, the duvet done or the towels done. It is amazing how you literally tune in to when the sun is shining mm -hmm. to knowing, okay, I'm, get, I'm getting free electricity right now. I mean, I've got to use it. I mean, it's, it's really fantastic. In terms of any of the things that you could potentially do to become sustainable, it's by far the easiest and by far the most effective. And you can literally reduce your carbon footprint overnight. Uh, and the one thing that we've even taken that step further is by installing a diverter uh, with our solar PV system. And basically what that is, is that when the house is using less electricity, then your solar PV is actually generating at that time. What typically happens then is that all of that excess electricity goes back into the grid and is utilized by other homes and businesses. What we do for a portion of that export is we divert that electricity to our hot water cylinder via a diverter. We've got an immersion, and that basically allows us to heat our hot water using the immersion heater, using our own solar PV to pick that up to a very high temperature, which means we're not paying for our hot water that day. And I can not tell you, when I get into the shower in the morning and it's sunny and I stand in a steaming hot shower and I am just standing there, yes, I'm still making sure that I'm not overusing my water, <laughs> But I stand there in this lovely hot stream of water and to know that that sun has just heated my mm -hmm. hot water is so rewarding and satisfying. I, I cannot tell you how satisfying it is. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really, I wouldn't call myself like a heating geek, but honestly, I get such a kick out of our solar. I really love it. And I just think, you know, it's really low risk. It's really simple to have it installed. It's something you can confidently purchase, know what you're getting, know it's very straightforward. For me, any house I move into and purchase, I would put solar in absolutely straight away. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking of putting solar PV in, go check out Heatable. They get great reviews on Trustpilot. Amazing reviews, really impressive. Their score is really off the charts. Um, and they're www.heatable.co.uk. And we'll put the link in the description. Thanks, Thanks Heatable. Heatable. Now back to the show. I think that what the government actually did do was the right thing. I do think that we have to electrify heating because, you know, we can't continue burning gas and oil to heat our homes. But what you said is bang on because they can't continue on the same route purely because heat pumps are a lot more expensive to install as you've just said. Even though they've got the funds and the grants that are actually, you know, helping support the installation costs of those, which are great. I think that that's actually caused an even bigger problem in that it's actually spiked installation costs up because now you've got funding coming in from the government so the installers can actually charge more. Because when you actually compare installation costs from the UK to Europe, uh, countries that are installing heat pumps in huge numbers like Finland, Norway, even Poland, you know, installation costs are 40%, 50% less than what they are in the UK, purely because there is that government funding be behind that. So gas installers have now jumped onto the heat pump wagon. Yeah. Uh, and this is what's also caused a very big problem in that, yes, they, you know, they're qualified and they're competent in installing those systems. Yeah. These are very different to install. Yeah. And I think that what we're getting is poorly installed systems, subpar installations across the UK, which is allowing the mainstream media to jump on those, mm -hmm. make those clear to everybody. And that's what homeowners are terrified of. The other problem that we're facing, and we'll actually cover this in, in one of the future episodes, is that a lot of installers have now 
install the system, charge a lot of money for it, realize that they've botched the installation, don't know what to do, and then they just abandon the homeowner. Yeah. Uh, and again, this is what's causing even more hype in the media because you know you've spent let's say 12, 13, 14, 15,000 pounds on an installation mm -hmm. on a system that is expensive to run, mm -hmm. doesn't keep your house warm. Mm -hmm. um, and then the installer just says, well, you know, good luck to you. Good luck sorting it out. Yeah. And then even in situations where the installer have, has tried to blame the manufacturer for whatever reason, mm -hmm. whether valid or not, the manufacturers have then been able to come back and say, well, it wasn't installed as per our specs or as per our yeah. guides. And so therefore the warranty is void. Honestly, I think when we went into it, when we bought our heat pump, I was, I was very skeptical, but I was willing to give it a chance because it was greener. It was clean. We did want to be more sustainable. And we also wanted to make sure that we kind of were future proofing our bills going forward. And we thought that at the time with the electricity rates that we were playing at the time, that it was a very good idea to do that. If I was a homeowner without the experience that we have with our heat pump, without the knowledge that we've gained from setting up Renewable Heating Hub as a website and reading all those forums and starting that community. If I was just any other homeowner out there, I don't think I would touch heat pumps with a barge pole at this mm -hmm. point. I think I would be very, very scared. That's the tragedy of the situation, isn't it? Because we know that heat pumps work. You know, there are heating homes in Finland, in Sweden, in Norway, you know, countries that are a lot colder than the UK. Yeah, and like That's six it. foot of snow. Exactly. So heat pumps as a technology, 1000% work. They don't work when they have been installed badly. Yeah. And this is the problem that we're finding time and time and time again on the Renewable Heating Hub forums. Yeah. People are coming and complaining that, you know, I've spent this money. I've got a heat pump installed. It's expensive to run. It's not heating my house. It's not the heat pump's fault. The heat pump works. <laughs> well, actually, uh, well, there have been a couple of instances where the manufacturer that it has been either a faulty item or it just, you know, it hasn't been installed mm -hmm. in the right position or something. I suppose that comes back to installation. installation. Let me rephrase that. In 99% of cases, <laughs> yes. the heat pump works. Yeah, there might be, you know, the, the odd component that's failed or whatever yeah. it is. I mean, that happens with cars. That happens with any technology. Anything, yeah. The principle and the fundamental way that heat pumps work they work. They don't work when they've been badly installed and the actual system hasn't been designed properly. This happened to us and we'll discuss this in another episode. In our case, the installers came in to basically replace our oil boiler, even though we did keep it and running it as a hybrid system. Mm -hmm. But there was no design thought process whatsoever. So basically the heat pump was put in to replace what the oil boiler was doing and you simply cannot do it. There was absolutely no design thought process whatsoever. Yeah. And as a result, we had teething issues for two years. But, you know, as I keep saying, it's not the heat pump. Our heat pump's doing a great job. It's the fact that it wasn't installed and designed properly. Yeah, because we have radiators and underfloor heating mm -hmm. and that was all connected to an oil boiler they came in and they basically kind of left everything as it was they left the, the floor uh, underfloor heating system as it was they left the radiators as they were did we even upgrade any radiators at the time no no i don't think we so. weren't told to and then they installed the heat pump and then they just left mm -hmm. and it was like no it doesn't work yeah. like that you can't just it's not plug and play design is a really big issue with regards to installations. So you can understand why homeowners that have actually done this and have actually had a system put in that is subpar, that's not working, you know, it's it's expensive to run, it's cold. You can understand why those homeowners 
actually hates <laughs> their heat pumps, right? And, and this is what the media picked up on. Yeah. And these are the cases that we're seeing over and over and over again. And I fully respect and understand them going to the press and talking to the press and shouting from the rooftop saying, yeah, I'm, I've had a horrible experience. It's been an absolute disaster. It's cost me thousands, if not tens of thousands. And I'm left with a system that doesn't work. I totally think they have every right to share that experience because it is really unfair. And again, I kind of go back to the government and how I really feel like it was a big failure on behalf of the government in not doing their homework, not doing setting up the industry with the proper foundations in place because there was no ombudsman. I, st- I still don't think we've got an ombudsman. For yeah, we'll cover that in a, in a future episode. But too. I still don't think but, we've but got there one. there isn't one, no. So those homeowners that are in that horrible situation have only got the press to turn to. They've mm-hmm. only got social media and, and press to turn to to say to get their voices heard because there is no other body that they can go to to try and get their their situation rectified. So so that also adds to all the negative press. And I think it's really, honestly, a bit of a... I don't want to use any bad language because (laughs) if you've got kids in the car, we want this to be, you know, very clean language. But I would say it's a bit of a, a stink show. The only flip side of that coin is that there are obviously a lot of systems that have been installed properly too, because there are a lot of competent installers out there that are doing a fantastic job. Those stories tend not to get any coverage because those people are sitting happy at home. You know, there's no need for them to go out and start, you know, saying, oh, you know, yeah. my heat pumps are amazing. But, you know, I look at the forums on Renewable Heating Hub and there are a lot of very happy people that have made a fantastic decision their heating systems are saving them money. They're cheaper than to run than gas because they've just been installed properly. To have your say, join our forums at renewableheatinghub.co.uk. So apart from the poorly installed systems, the other big pet peeve amongst homeowners is the noise that air source heat pumps make. I mean, this is something that we're beginning to see a lot more stories about. When you when it's your own heat pump that's starting to make a noise, and a lot of cases that is actually the fact that the installer has installed it badly and you're getting vibrations running through the property but we're beginning to see more and more people that live in kind of terrorist type scenarios where their neighbors put in a heat pump and they're complaining about the noise from the fan that's actually affecting them you know from our perspective our fan is actually quite quiet it's not hugely noisy it certainly wouldn't keep us up at night in terms of noise but there are a lot of people out there that are complaining about the noise from heat pumps uh, and this is also fueling the whole hate PR exercise that the media's picked up on. Yeah, but I think it's difficult. I think at the beginning, um, one of the things with heat pumps that we saw about three years ago in the press was, where are they going to go? They're so huge and they're so ugly. And I think that that kind of got debunked fairly quickly because then, you know, there was actual manufacturers that were able to put out pictures, whether it's through social media mm. or brochures or exhibitions or whatever, but they were able to actually show in photographs or videos well, this is what the heat pump looks like, you know? So you people were able to figure out like, oh, okay, it's not that ugly, actually. Mm. I mean, it is kind of, you know, like an AC unit. It can sit outside on the side of the house. You could put like a little screen around it. There are things that you can do. So that side of the argument of like, oh, they're huge, they're big, they're bulky, they're ugly. That, I think that kind of argument has kind of petered out a bit. But noise mm-hmm. is a intangible, right? You, yeah. you can't, you can't, show that on a photograph so it is somebody's imagination that they have to try and imagine well how noisy is that and somebody else has got to try and explain to them how noisy that is you know then you've got 
everybody's hearing is slightly different. And noise is subjective. Completely subjective, right? So what one person might find acceptable, another person might find incredibly annoying. We've had quite a lot of homeowners share videos with us that have actually taken decibel readings of their heat pumps. And for the most part, they're really not that loud. Uh, they operate kind of in the 50 to 60 decibel range. So what that means is basically what you're listening to right now is more or less the same sound. So when you start to distance that sound over 10, 15, 20 meters, and you put windows and doors and walls and stuff in the way, it's really difficult for me to understand how that could impact somebody's sleep inside at nighttime. You know, other than the fact that you do get reverberations and echoes and that kind of stuff, which could obviously be a big problem. I think you've got to be careful because I think that you're applying our our location and our position to how you're thinking about it. You know, we are rural. We have one direct neighbor and then our heat pump is positioned on our driveway in such a way that it's kind of on a it's literally going to go towards a slope mm -hmm. where the field slopes away and that noise we knew that that noise would basically get carried across the field towards nobody from our perspective you know there isn't that kind of bouncing and that you know feedback that you get but you go into a, an urban area and into one of these you know for example these terraced areas and you get ter a terraced ho row of houses and then you get one behind that so that the basically the two gardens are backing out onto each other you create this kind of sandwich of, of property yeah. You've got the gardens in the middle, which probably don't have lots and lots of trees. There's probably only a few trees in there. Then you put in a few of these heat pumps. You've almost created like an echo chamber in that street. And if some of those heat pumps have not been installed with vibration, what are they called? Vibration? Anti-vibration mounts, yeah. Yep. And if you, if you get some of those heat pumps that are not installed with those and they start rattling around, it's going to be like having like three or four washing machines, you know, on spin cycle mm. out in those gardens. And that noise is going to go up and then it's going to bounce off the house that it's, you know, attached to then it's going to bounce off the back of the other house that it's kind of opposite and it's just going to start bouncing around so i haven't experienced it i haven't seen it i haven't heard it i don't know but my understanding of when i have lived in urban areas is that i can see there could potentially be an issue there again that comes back down to design right and the attention to detail from the installer to go there to that property figure out sound figure out where there are potential you know uh vibrations if they're going to install it onto like a wooden deck or a, a kind of a composite decking you know at the back and that's going to start vibrating and then that's going to vibrate into the the bricks of the houses Oof, i mean you know there's there's a lot to consider it is and, and i don't think there's actually been too many guidelines that i've seen even though a lot of councils have got their own guidelines for heat pumps and the amounts of noise that they can do i think environmental health do their own assessments uh, in some planning instances but it is very difficult in, in order for people to plan you know where a heat pump would go from a noise perspective because you know if you've got a small garden there's only so many places it can go yeah uh, and in, and in a lot of those cases it's got to be set back at least a meter away from from the road so it really is just a, a really difficult one but that could potentially be the biggest issue that heat pumps face going forward if people do start picking up on the noise if they are installed properly but they are noisy that's a really difficult pill to swallow if getting heated has become a highlight of your podcast playlist, we'd be super grateful if you could share your enthusiasm with others by leaving us a five-star review. It will help boost the visibility of the podcast and let us know that you are loving these episodes. Your support means the world to us and your feedback helps shape future episodes. So if you're enjoying our company, please take a moment to rate us highly or leave a review and let us know what makes getting heated a great listen for you. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that, for example, it makes sense in buildings that are more high rise and, you know, you can literally just line them up like you do, like they have in like hotter mm. countries, America and Middle East and stuff where, you know, you just go to the top of the high rises and they just stack all the AC units on the top and then they're just fed down to the different apartments and things. Then I think that we can do that here. We There's no reason why we can't be stacking and putting loads of heat pumps up on the top of these roofs that are just otherwise just vacant kind of maintenance, you know, kind of mm. areas anyway. I think when you're in terraced properties i'm not sure what the answer is there i mean i actually think that maybe it's maybe better for the government to start to think about things like ground source in those kind of properties where it is literally just a case of borehole and drilling a hole into the ground and putting you know the equipment down there and just feeding up you know the heat from that and i think again I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't want to be political. I don't, yeah, I just want to be completely transparent here. I actually am not, I'm not with any political party. No, we've got no affiliations whatsoever. I quite honestly, I think that they've all got some good points. And then I think that they've all got a lot, a lot of bad points, a lot of negatives. So, uh, so I don't want you to get the wrong idea that like, I'm just bashing the governments because the Tories are in as I honestly, I'm not like that. I'm not, uh, I'm not affiliated with anybody and I don't, nobody has won my heart. So I'm, I'm fully up for critiquing whoever is is going to stand in the line of fire. I think, again, I come back to the government in saying that, again, they pushed heat pumps. They got heat pumps, you know, in their mind. They d it was like a dog with a bone. You know, they just wouldn't let it go. Why did they not just take renewable heating as a whole and say, we want all homes to embrace renewable heating as a whole. Leave that option and leave that availability to homeowners to choose and say, look, you know, if you're in a terrace, look at ground source heating. If you're in the countryside and you're near a lake or a you know, river or something, then you could look at water source. I just wish that they had been more all-encompassing and more broader and kind of more open-minded at presenting a kind of tray of options to homeowners to say and that would have also opened up the conversation with regards to educating homeowners on a whole different array of things so that they felt like they could kind of pick and choose what works for them you've actually raised a good point though because you know going back to the terraced housing thing if, if you've got one or two people that actually buy the heat pumps and everybody else remains on gas it doesn't make any sense going forward i remember interviewing Dave Pearson and he was talking about district heating so you know as opposed to each and every single house having a borehole drilled you know they would drill a series of boreholes at the end of the road wherever it was where it's convenient so you don't have to disrupt people's gardens and all the rest of it and then basically that whole street or that whole community gets put onto some sort of district heating um, system mm -hmm. which is still renewable because at the end of the day it is ground source you know and and that is clean yeah and it is sustainable yeah as opposed to trying to get loads and loads of houses to just, you know, each one of them having to sort its own solution out and then potentially running into a big headache yeah. down the down the road. I don't know. I don't get it. I think it's really bizarre when you just only choose one thing and you just say it's th this has got to apply and work for nearly 80 million people. I mean, I just I just find that a really really bizarre approach. I don't think that that's helpful and I don't think that your I think that your chances of winning that argument mm. and getting an entire population on board behind you and in agreement with you is is just so unrealistic. So I think we've covered to some degree exactly <laughs> why it is that heat pumps are so hated. I think for me, the way to improve the PR and to make them a little bit more popular and a little bit more acceptable, uh, I would probably want to see 
the tariffs being adjusted to make them more cost-effective to run. Because at the moment, electricity tariffs are still loaded with a lot of levies and additional fees. If we were to remove some of those, I think it would make it far more attractive for people to electrify their heating. Even if it wasn't necessarily a heat pump, you know, if, if you wanted to put in some sort of thermal heater or something that runs off electricity, mm -hmm. it just makes it more attractive as opposed to cranking and switching on that uh, gas boiler, oil boiler. You know, you are still accomplishing the goals of being environmentally friendly and sustainable and not releasing excess CO2 into the atmosphere. Yeah, and I think that when we um, when we had our heat pump installed and we were going through those first three years of kind of, let's say, politely teething issues, I think when we started to do those interviews for Renewable Heating Hub and somebody said to us, oh, well, you know, Italy and so many countries in Europe mm. have preferential electricity rates for heat pump owners basically to reward them for making that investment and that choice and going through the pain, the inconvenience of having it all done in their property. And then after they've gone through that, they are on a slightly cheaper rate to basically kind of reward them and say, you know, thank you for doing the right thing. And you are heating your home in a greener, cleaner way. Therefore, you know, you get a better rate. I was a bit floored by that when I heard that. I kind of sat there and thought, hmm. <laughs> and I'm not going to mention the government again. <laughs> But <laughs> why have we not done that in the UK? Why why haven't we, done, especially with the energy crisis? I have found the last couple of years quite difficult to wrap my head around and really justify to myself that, you know, we did make the investment ourselves, which was a very heavy investment at the time mm -hmm. because it wasn't, not everybody was doing it and therefore it was, it was very expensive. Then we went on to a tariff that was reasonable because electricity prices were good then. Now we're on a very, very high tariff. And I think that I hear about how other countries have kind of supported those homeowners by giving them the preferential rates. And I kind of feel like, well, you know, it's been a bit unfair to, to heat pump owners that we have adopted and embraced the technology almost kind of were guinea pigs at the beginning. Yet we're still paying the same rate as somebody who's not producing green clean energy and is, their home is not green and clean and is a lot dirtier climate wise and we're paying the same rates i just think that's a bit strange and what i find equally baffling is that the electricity providers have been talking about introducing heat pump tariffs forever and finally at the beginning of this year over have launched a heat pump tariff which is half the price of a normal tariff but the catch is that you have to have a heat pump installed by ovo I mean... so you, you know you're paying 12, 13, 14,000 for the privilege of getting your heat pump tariff cut in half. Yeah. You know, why can't I just switch to OVO? Yeah. And, and have the tariff purely because, again, it probably goes back to just how loaded the installation fees are mm -hmm. that OVO can then carry the mm -hmm. losses in inverted commas mm -hmm. for that particular period of time, which I find very strange, very baffling. And it's, it's not a huge driver for, unless you're passionate about wanting to, you know, cut your CO2 emissions, you no longer want your boiler and you're willing to pay for, you know, extra running costs for electricity. I don't think it's a huge incentive for the bulk of the population to actually transition to heat pumps. You're listening to the Getting Heated podcast with Kirsten Amars. And for me, I think the thing that solves a lot of the bad PR overnight is if you can just train up the installer base to design systems properly, to install them correctly so that 95% of them actually run perfectly from the get-go, we would very quickly see a massive decline in the amount of bad PR and bad reviews that we're seeing in the media. I'm kind of also think about it, not just from a homeowner's perspective, but I think about it from a small business perspective. And I think about the amount of people, that, especially the ones that we have met that are young guys, predominantly in their 20s or early 30s, 
and there should be more women, you know, come on women, let's get involved in heat pumps. Um, but um, it is predominantly men in their kind of 20s and 30s. And they are normally sole traders. They are normally kind of by mm -hmm. themselves or with maybe a partner. There's maybe two of them, three of them, but it's normally single guy. A lot of the time we, we've met them and they've been quite passionate and quite excited about the fact that they have the, you know, maybe their dad was a gas boiler guy. Maybe, you know, they had, you know, tradesmen in their family and they feel like they're almost pioneers. They're like, you know, oh, I'm doing heat pumps. Yeah, I'm going to be part of, you know, it's, I'm doing the right thing for the climate. I'm bringing in new technology for homes in the UK. You know, I'm at the forefront of this wave of, of a new way of heating homes. And I kind of read and see all this bad press and I kind of feel bad for them because I think, you know, that must be so incredibly demoralizing for them. You know, we've actually, we've asked some of these guys we've met and I've said, you know, so what's it like when you go, you know, down the pub or you meet, you know, some mm -hmm. new friends, do you mention? And they're, oh, yeah, yeah I kind of just say I'm a heating engineer. You know, they kind of- Keep it vague. Yeah, they keep it vague. And that's really sad that we don't have those guys who are trying to do the right thing, are trying to be passionate, are trying to be innovative, are trying to start up a business. They are feeling also a little bit alienated in the industry and also a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, that they're not really proud of what they're doing. So I don't just see it from the homeowner yeah. side. I also do see it from the installer side. And I kind of feel like, you know, for the guys out there that are trying to do a good job, that are excited about it, that are passionate about it, for them to be continuously bashed, so to speak, in, in their sector, mm. how damaging is that? And the other thing that I actually wanna see improved and improved as quickly as possible is the protections extended to homeowners and the complaints process. Because oh. at the moment, what's in place is simply appalling oh. with people that have just been abandoned by all the authorities yeah. that have been put into place to protect them. They are all beating themselves on the chest saying, oh, you know, we're so amazing, we're protecting the homeowner. That's rubbish. They are doing absolutely <laughs> yeah. nothing. Yeah. Uh, that's something that we're going to cover in our, one of our next episodes but because that is a huge topic for me. But they are all becoming artful dodgers, aren't they? Yeah, totally. I mean, they are... I mean, I've never seen an industry learn so quickly as to how to pass the buck. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they are becoming experts in just, you know, nodding their heads, listening to you, and then just passing you over to the next guy or the next, you know, association or whatever it is. You know, it's, it's all very well having the attitude of like, well... I don't want it to be my problem. So I'm going to sit here and politely listen to someone and then pass it over to somebody else and make it their problem. But you're ultimately, you are still in the industry, mm -hmm. right? Ultimately, you are still part of heat pumps. If you're not helping resolve these things, then you're not helping elevate the reputation no. of these things. And therefore, I just don't understand the long-term strategy. And then lastly, I think it's all about removing the ambiguity, the kind of mystery of heat pumps. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that needs to get removed really quickly homeowners need to be confident as to what it is they're buying so they need to physically see the unit you know, in b&q in home basin wherever they want to go and see it they want to be able to walk up physically see the size you and your family can stand there and go yep that's going to be great down the side of the house or that can go down at the back of the garden or whatever it is they want to physically be able to hear the volume of what it is going to sound like you wouldn't buy a car that you, where you, you've never physically seen a car in person, but you've just seen photographs of cars. You're just expected to randomly choose a car, choose the color, choose the interior, choose how it's going to drive when you've never even physically sat in a car before. Mm. I mean, you need to be able to have some kind of hands-on experience with it. And I think that the manufacturers really need to step up to the plate and support the installers make their lives easier and support the homeowners by giving them something physical to see and experience by 
figuring out where they can get these units in. So whether it's into mainstream retail or whether it is actually then setting up proper showrooms in those kind of areas. So you'd have like a little valent showroom or, you know, just a heat pump showroom. Why don't they all get together and have a heat pump showroom in, in different areas? But for a homeowner to take the time to drive into a major town and physically stand there and see it, I think immediately gives them the assurance that yeah, this is the right thing or no, actually this is not what I envisioned at all and this is not what I want. That's way too big. That's double the size of what I thought it was gonna be. Double the noise or the other mm. way around. It, that's great. That's nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. The manufacturers really need to step up to the plate and stop basically having uh, an easy life by just saying, oh, we'll stick some you know, fluffy brochures into an exhibition, you know, push it through mm -hmm. the installers and make it the installer's problem. It's really not the installer's problem to try and figure out how to actually demonstrate a piece of machinery that's that big. The fact that we had to have our heat pump installed, all we had was rough dimensions. You know, Miles said to me like, well, it's like, you know, what was it, like two meters tall? Yeah, it's a meter 80 tall. And it was just a basic diagram with a, with a photo and that was it. And he basically stood in our kitchen and kind of pointed to himself. He was like, well, it's up to here on me and it's, you know, be this wide. And it was up to him to basically kind of sell it to me and say to me, well, this is kind of roughly what it's going to look like. And then the color, that's pretty much all we knew. And when it actually arrived, I had no idea. I mean, it is the same size as a, as a, as a fridge. Um, for us, our, our, our heat is. pump is a lot larger than other than yeah, other units. Our, ours is. And we knew that it was going to roughly be that big. But again, had I just, had we been able to mm. jump in the car and drive it half an hour down the road and walk into you know, Curry's or wherever, I mean, any any company you can think of, John knows or whatever, and you'd be able to say down the aisle, right, that's the one. I can semi-understand the logistical issues that the manufacturers face in trying to demonstrate their units. I don't think they'll ever be in the box stores, as you've just mentioned, in B&Q and, and John Lewis, because you're going to go in there and buy the units and you still got to get somebody to install it. And I think the installers are going to lose out on that little bit of margin on the actual unit themselves. I do know that a lot of them are trying to address the problems that you've just said by doing what they are calling roadshows. So it's basically a big van that drives with the heat pumps installed at the back and they'll open the doors and people will be able to see the actual heat pump in its, all its glory. You'll be able to see the size, they'll be able to turn it on, you'll be able to hear the fan noise. So you will get a far better appreciation of that. But you know, then you are dependent on that roadshow being near you. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily address the issues of there being showroom, showrooms in a, a town or a city near you. Uh, even though I'm sure they they will potentially work on that. So I think that there's basically an awful lot of improvements that need to be done. Everybody's a bit responsible, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think that the government are hugely responsible for how they've kind of bodged it, but you know how they now have a, a big responsibility to start doing some serious PR damage control mm -hmm. to, to heat, the heat pump industry and, you know, putting in proper things in place, ombudsman, better tariffs, electricity, all those kind of things that they could do, fairly straightforward things that they could do to really help the industry and help heat pumps and homeowners embracing heat pumps. Installers definitely need more support, but they also need to take a lot more responsibility with regards to actually taking design and installations on board and just really appreciating just how complex installing heat pumps are and not just kind of trying to get that quick sale and just trying to come mm -hmm. in and swap something out and then leave somebody in the lurch. And I think I'm going to say something unpopular. I think that homeowners need to take responsibility as well. Mm -hmm. Not for the whole lot, 
but definitely for themselves. You know, we are dealing with something or we have been dealing with something, a technology that we don't fully understand. And we ha it is quite new, relatively new when you think about, you know, how old and how established gas is or whatever, right? Mm. Just like, I mean, you think back to Victorian times where electricity was starting to very slowly trickle into people's houses, right? And you had that real fear of like, well, we've been using candles and now you want us to electrify our houses. It to a lot of households, it was terrifying. It was a pretty terrifying prospect, you know? It was really about those homeowners starting to educate themselves and saying, okay, I need to ask a lot of questions. I need to go to the neighbors and see how theirs works. I need to figure out how this is gonna go into my home. And I think homeowners need to do that with this because I think that if you just put your blind faith in an installer, that is a huge gamble and a big, big risk. Even if the installer is credible, is good, is qualified, is certified, that is still a risk. And it's not a risk that I personally would want to take with my house. Get a book or you know, listen to a podcast <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, go online, go to forums, you know, just kind of mooch around and see what other people are saying. No, don't just get all of your facts from bad PR in the mainstream mm -hmm. media. And that level of self-education, you don't have to become you know, a heat pump expert overnight. There are basically a core bunch of questions, probably a half a dozen questions that you can be asking your installer. Uh, and once you get those answers, there are very easy ways of actually verifying whether what they're gonna do is correct or not. The simplest is to go onto like the forums at Renewable Heating Hub, for example. There are hundreds of homeowners that have been through this process. Yeah. And we've all developed very fast and quick and effective BS meters that basically allow us to determine whether what the installer is saying is true or isn't. Uh, and, you know, it's just a matter of verifying that, getting an opinion, going back to them and seeing what they say. You know, if, if they then all of a sudden change their, their story and say, oh, actually, that is true, you might want to reconsider that particular installer uh, and, you know, and keep vetting. But uh, that level of self-education we've discovered is critical because air source heat pumps or heat pumps in general are very different to boilers. There is a learning curve attached to those. And if you don't actually take the time to learn about that, the odds of you getting a system that isn't as good as it should be are elevated. And I think that, you know, Mars is not going to mention he's a, you're a humble guy, aren't you? He's not going to mention his book, but I'm going to mention it because <laughs> I, I'm so proud that you did it. So yeah. Mars did write a book uh, and he did publish it this year and it's called Bodge Buster. It is for, if you're looking at putting a heat pump in, it is for you as a homeowner and it does talk you through the whole process from start to finish, how to find an installer, the questions that you should be asking, what you should be looking out for, red flags, how the installation should go, all of those kind of things, all the tips, tricks and everything that we have learned along the way is in Bodge Buster the book. Mm. He's sitting here kind of, he's like, he's so embarrassed, but I'm gonna say it because it's a great book and um, we're getting really great feedback on it. So if you do are thinking of venturing into the world of heat pumps and you just want a starting point, definitely recommend picking up a copy of that. It's available on Amazon and uh, yeah, just go and check it out and see. So I think that's a wrap for this episode. Yeah, I think I deserve some lunch now. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm ready for my bagel. I'm going to go and have a cream cheese and bagel. I'm starving. The sun is out and shining. So uh, we might even be able to sit outside and have a little bit of a sandwich, even though it is still mm -hmm. pretty nippy. <laughs> but it's nice and warm and cozy in our house. Yeah. So that's good. So we're grateful for that. I hope it's warm and cozy wherever you are listening to this podcast. And I'm wishing you a really great day. And a huge thanks for listening. If you're still listening, 
then bravo fantastic thank you so much for listening it's so great and we're just so excited to, to be doing these podcasts we're gonna have a lot more of them yeah uh, and as a final word thank you very much to heatable for sponsoring our first podcast yeah i mean you know it, it doesn't sound like a big deal when you haven't done a podcast and you know it doesn't really sound like a big deal but when you're the one who's creating content and putting it out there for the world to consume and it's your first podcast and there really isn't anybody anything that we can show. We've done interviews and things before. We've yeah. got you know the renewal, renewing the conversation and stuff. So you know, but those are YouTube kind of Zoom video um, interviews and stuff. But we haven't specifically done a dedicated podcast before. So we are very very grateful when Heatable, who you know don't know us what our podcast is going to be like no. don't know how honest <laughs> <laughs> and what is going to come out of our mouths and they um you know almost go out on a leg and sponsor us it's just it's really it's really motivating and we're just incredibly grateful that you know they believe in us and that they believe in the podcast and you know just really grateful for the support because it just means everything doesn't it and we we really love we've wanted to do a podcast for so long yeah. So it's just really, really exciting to be here and doing it. Anyway, I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, enjoy your day. Uh, I hope you have a great day and uh, we're going to go off and have some lunch. And we will see in the next episode what we get heated about. Oh. Mm.